I'm excited about my message this morning, which is God loves to restore. Our church's theme for the year is Restore, which is taken from the scripture in Joel 2, verses 25 to 29 in the English uh, Standard Version. And I'll read that shortly. But also the Greek word for restore is, and I'm not Greek and I'm not going to pronounce it right and you probably don't care, but the Greek word for restore is antipodidomi. And it means to give back as an equivalent, to recompense or to repay. And it's an action word. God means business and He wants to bring the best for you. He wants to do the best for you. And at the time of this prophetic word, when it was coming from the prophet Joel, God's people had been living under a very, very wicked king. And the pagan work, the idol worship and the lifestyle that accompanied that, the very loose lifestyle that accompanied that was just horrendous. And it just flourished. It was getting worse and worse. And then a new king came. He was only seven years old and his name was Joash. And he had now been crowned king over Judah. And the prophet Joel, he saw this as a great opportunity for the renewal of the land. Only if, only if the people of God would repent and return back to Him. And and in our theme verses, we read God's desire to restore, to protect and have God's people absolutely flourishing. So let's look now at Joel 2 verses 25 to 29. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer and the cutter, my great army which I'll send among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people will never be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is none else and my people shall never be put again, be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters, shall prophesy, your old men shall shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And while I'm not about to speak to the this morning on this whole passage, and you'll be thankful for that, I have pondered on that word restore and what you might actually think that means when you first hear it. You might go restore, oh wow, you know, I'll get this and I'll get that and all these things. And sometimes what we imagine isn't what's going down. Pastor Julia Bell, she wrote on social media something right at the very end of 2020. And she said, God often gives us a picture, a word or a sense of direction that would have us travel. Our humanity tries to fill in the blanks with our perceived detail. It's not until we find ourselves at a particular junction that we didn't imagine that we realize his plans are way more spectacular and purposeful than the details we perceived along the way. In Isaiah 55 verses eight to nine, it says, I don't think the way you think. This way you work isn't the way that I work. For as a sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. And I was particularly drawn to that line, our humanity tries to fill in all the blanks with our perceived detail and how true it is. 
We try to work out how our amazing eternal God will do all what our limited all do all the things with our limited humanity. And we usually get it wrong and then we end up all disappointed that God didn't do all that we thought was going to happen that we had planned. But had we got it right? You know, I know there's been in this last year tremendous loss and lots for people to have to deal with. And I'm in no way making light of what has happened. But I can't make no excuses for the fact that I am so excited for this year ahead, that I'm alive in the season that we're in. You know, I missed all the great revivals in the past. They Oh, I'm not going to name them all. There were just so many different things. And then we had the uh, Toronto blessing in, in Canada. I missed that. The Pensacola one over in America. I missed that. But it's very clear to me that God is up to something new. He's doing something completely fresh and something absolutely new. And I want to go with whatever it is, particularly if it doesn't even fit into that lovely, nice, neat, comfortable, familiar framework that I'm used to. God's up to something. I'm into it and I want to go for it and I want to go for the ride. So bring it on, God, because I'm excited. No matter what's happening, God has got us covered and God loves to restore. Selwyn Hughes, he's an internationally acclaimed uh, speaker and widely uh, published author. He said, the world is changing. If we play by the old rules, we'll, we'll lose the new battles. The world is changing. If we play by the old rules, we'll lose the new battles. And amidst all that we are navigating, we have, we've got to stay open to change. There's a new way of doing things, which doesn't mean it's going to be awful. When God's in something, it doesn't mean it's going to be awful. If God is restoring, it sure beats anything that I can humanly conjure up or produce. And I would much rather have God's restore than my restore. One scripture that God's really put on my heart for the year and for today, so this is my word and my scripture in that, is Psalm 23 verse 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You may have just sung that. This is blazoned in my spirit at the moment, the goodness of God. That's my word for the year and that's my scripture. And here are two other extra scriptures for free. How good is this? Psalm 90 verses 15 to 17. We've been overwhelmed with grief. Come now and overwhelm us with gladness. People, well, sorry, replace our years of trouble with decades of delight. Let us see your miracles again and let the rising generation see the glorious wonders you're famous for. Oh Lord, our God, let your sweet beauty rest upon us and give us favour. Come work with us. And then our works will endure and give us success in all we do. Second Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, Things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all His lovers, those who love Him. This last week, Epiphany was celebrated, the visit of the Mag Magi, the wise men to baby Jesus. They left all they knew, what was comfortable and what was familiar to them, in the hope that they might encounter something more enriching than anything they'd previously experienced. And sometimes God invites us to embrace the discomfort or dislocation the, and the, to mourn 
to mount up, sorry, to leave familiar comforts and head in an uncertain direction. Yet faith is always a journey, never a destination. Are you ready for a fresh encounter, a fresh journey with God? Are you ready? He is ready to show His goodness in the land of the living. God loves to restore. And there were two areas I felt that God was highlighting today in preparation for Him to restore, and perhaps they will speak to you. First one is, it's time to forgive others. And I speak to myself with this. Joseph will have a quick snapshot just of his life in Genesis chapter 37 to 45. We see this young man at age 17 has this dream from God and he's all excited. And is an excitement, he tells his brothers. And that's when his whole life turned upside down. And he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was framed for attempted rape by the, his master's wife. He was thrown into prison for many years. Then he's forgotten by someone who's influential to Pharaoh. More years in prison. And then he rounded it off all together with about 13 years of his life, from age 17 to age 30. One could say, what on earth was God up to? When God's favour was clearly on him, all the time he was in prison, even, even with his previous master. What was God up to? What on earth's going on? Talk about the loss of a dream. Perhaps you have a loss of a dream. But our God loves to restore and he was about to restore more than Joseph ever imagined. And maybe he's about to do that in your life too more than you ever imagined. God brought Joseph out of prison with the favour of Pharaoh and Joseph was put in charge of the whole land of Egypt. God saw Joseph's heart all those years he was in prison and in the process of him ruling all over, G sorry, and in the process of him ruling all over Egypt and he even forgave his brothers. That would have been a hard thing to do, even forgave his brothers. Imagine if Joseph didn't forgive them and he'd held on to that bitterness year after year after year. I don't believe God would have elevated him to the responsible position that he had given him. His unforgiveness would have halted his ministry and destiny that God had planned for him. Now I feel God is saying today, how many years are you going to hold on to that grudge and let it block the ministry and plans that I have for you. How many years are you going to hold on to that grudge and block the ministry and plans that I have for you? What others do says more about them, not you. They may never change. Some people just don't, but you can, and you're able to continue to grow in God. Don't allow their behavior to control where you are headed in God or pass up a ministry that God has given you. I find it amusing. I'd never noticed this before until this week. I find it amusing in Genesis 45 verses 24, that after Joseph had loaded up his brothers with incredible riches to take back to his, his father, who didn't know he was alive yet, we read, then he sent his brothers away. And as they were leaving them, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. You see, they hadn't changed and were still bitter. They were hateful and they were quarrelsome. But that didn't stop God from using Joseph in an amazing way 
because he didn't hold on to unforgiveness. Prepare yourself by forgiving others to see God restore in your life. God loves to restore. The second thing is it's time to forgive God. Not that God needs forgiveness, but you, from our point of view, sometimes that's what we need to do. When we look at the life of Job, we see that the Lord, that uh, Job loved God and the Lord loved Job as he was blameless and upright. Satan challenged God that if he would let him have even a crack at him and that he would curse God. And that knowing Job's heart, God allowed Satan to go near him, but he wasn't to take his life. Well, gee, Satan worked overtime on him, I can assure you. Job was one of the world's wealthiest, most prosperous men, and that was a big deal in those times, whose faith in God was tested. And boy, was that an understatement. Thanks to Satan's relentless attacks on him, Job lost everything he had, including all of his children, not one or two, all of his children, his land, his camels, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep and his money, except his now bitter wife. Then Job was afflicted with a severe disease which made him nearly unrecognisable. You can't even imagine to begin how Job must have been feeling. Losing one child would be enough, but losing your whole family, losing all your wealth, losing everything that, that was your identity and everything you did. He lost the lot. We, we can't even imagine the grief he must have been going through and the loss. The questions he must have had wondering, had he done something wrong? Wondering what God had in mind when he didn't know what was going on and what good could come of this awful mess. His friends were always chipping in with unhelpful opinions and advice. And just that messing in his mind that he loves God and God is a good God, but what's going on God and this, my reality isn't lining up with what I know you to be. And how many of you have felt ever like that, that where you've got the word of God, you've read about God, you, you know, but your reality isn't quite lining up and it really does mess with your thinking. How would you have honestly acted in those circumstances, I would have been hopeless. I can assure you, I would have been hopeless. Do you resent God or are you mad at him for something that's happening in your life or happened in your life? Clearly because you didn't understand. Do you shake your fist at God? You really resent him? Job fortunately never cursed God, unbelievable, but he never cursed God and still believed in God's faithfulness. He came to the realization that the almighty, ever-present, all-powerful, ever-knowing God was way more than our human minds can imagine. And that even though Job didn't get the answers he was after, it was okay. Being in relationship with God was more than enough for him. It's like the need for answers just dissipated against knowing God and having that relationship with Him. And I love it in Job 42, verse 10. It says, Then when Job had prayed for his friends, again, that would have been hard, Yaka, the Lord restored his wealth and happiness. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. 
I just love that. Today, you may need to prepare for God to restore in your life by either forgiving others or forgiving God. Stop being angry and resenting Him, particularly when you don't understand what's going on because God loves to restore. As I conclude this morning, I remember this verse that I said before from Psalm 27, verse 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you want to see God restore and His goodness in the land of the living, start seeing things with a fresh perspective and to be start to be grateful. Misha Jazz, the Director of uh, Resources at Waverley Abbey in the UK said, gratitude demands that I engage my whole heart in something. You just simply can't pretend if you're really gonna be grateful. To get some perspective on goodness, let's look at what Jesus was teaching his disciples on a hillside and what really matters in life. We're looking at Matthew 5 verses three to nine in the message. You're blessed when that you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're, con when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've overlooked, well, sorry, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever have yet. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you'll find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you get your, ins when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. And you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And you may be listening today and you don't know your place in God's family at all. Actually, you don't even know Him at all. And God has always had a plan and a destiny for you and He wants to restore you to it. God longs to be in relationship with you more than you could ever imagine, but He'll never force you. It's not the heart of Him. You know, when the world wanted to leave God out of the picture and do their own thing, which works against how we were created, something or someone had to pay the price for people's sins because God had regretted back in Genesis that He had created us. And in God's incredible love, he sent His Son, Jesus, to live among us and show us exactly what the Father heart of God was like. From a baby born in a manger to, the brut to being brutally crucified on a cross to pay the cost in His own blood, to being resurrected to life by God, Jesus has always, always had you on His heart. And today I want to give you an opportunity to ask Him, ask for His forgiveness and ask Him into your life. Your mistakes, no matter how big and messed up they may seem, are never greater than God's grace and His forgiveness and His love that is extended to you. 
Give God an opportunity to show you what he's really like, not just the religious rituals or, or the, the, the legalistic standards that you might have been brought up with or you've heard in the past. That's, that's not what a relationship with God is about. God is so much more. He always has planned for you to experience his goodness, not just in this life, but for eternity. <laughs> 